morning. It's good to see everybody this, this morning, especially those who are visiting with us. Appreciate your presence. And I want everybody to consider the passage that was just read to us by David. Here were people who were called disciples. People, it says, who were turning to the Lord. And a disciple, the word disciple simply means a learner and a follower. And there were people who were learning about Jesus and the salvation that they could have through Jesus. And when they heard that and they believed that, they were turning to the Lord. Turning is, is talking about repentance. Repentance is a, a change of will. It's a turning around of the will. Uh, a person may be living one way and when they hear the gospel of Jesus... The salvation that they can have and the way that the Lord would have them to live, they turn their life around. That's repentance. And here was what people were doing. They were turning to the Lord and they were becoming Christians. When we look at the examples of how people became Christians turning to the Lord, we find that they repented and were baptized. That was the very first thing that people were told to do the first time the gospel was preached, which is recorded in the second chapter of Acts. When the gospel was first preached, the people cried out and said, Many brethren, what shall we do? And in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter by inspiration said, Repent, let each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. So from the very beginning, people heard the gospel and they turned to the Lord obeying him by being baptized. And that's what was going on in Jerusalem. Then it started to spread. And by the time we get to chapter 11 here, which he read to us just a minute ago, it was spreading into Samaria and starting to go to the other places of the world. And they send Barnabas as far as Antioch to the north from Jerusalem. And he goes up there and it says he witnesses the grace of God. How do you witness the grace of God? Well, the grace of God is, is receiving God's grace, right? Grace is something that you receive as a result of somebody being favorable to you. It's not because you've earned it. It's unmerited favor. We say that's grace. And here were people who didn't deserve to be saved, and yet because of the gospel of Jesus Christ, his willingness to come and to die for them, they hear that good news and they turn their lives around and obey the Lord. They're repenting and being baptized and Barnabas goes up there and he witnesses that. He witnesses people being recipients of God's grace. That's how he witnessed the grace of God. And it says there in verse 26 that these disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. Here were disciples, a learner and now a follower of Jesus. And they're first called Christians up here at Antioch. Now, what is a Christian? That's a term that's used pretty loose today. Uh, you're either, you know, if you're not a Muslim, then you're a Christian. Uh, if you're not an atheist, uh, if you believe something about Jesus, then you're a Christian. And really, when we, we think about it today, you know, what is a Christian? There's a lot of things come to a lot of people's mind what a Christian is or how a person becomes a Christian and what names they associate with being a true Christian. Chris made announcements this morning. He said, he want, we want everybody to know here that we just want to be a group of God's people following his will. That We want to be Christians only and only Christians. 
You know, when we say we're the Westwood Church of Christ, you know, somebody asks me, you know, what are you religious? I'm going to say, hey, I'm a church of Christ. I'm a member of Christ's church. The church is just a word for people. It means assembly or called out. And so we're just a group, an assembly of people that belong to Christ, all Christ. In fact, that's what the word Christian means, right? The suffix I-A-N means that you're from somewhere or you belong to something or somewhere. You know, I may go a lot of different places, but I'm a Tennessean, right? I'm of Tennessee. I'm from Tennessee. I belong to Tennessee. Yeah, that's where I belong. Well, I-N on Christ means I belong to Christ. And the reason I belong to Christ is because when I heard the good news about Jesus, that I could belong to him and therefore have salvation if I belong to him. If you don't belong to Jesus, you're not saved. To belong to Jesus means that he has bought you. The idea of redemption. We sing about redemption. We read about redemption. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 7 says, In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our trespasses through his blood. He has bought us. In fact, redemption means to buy back. I've used the illustration before. You, you, you're familiar with the pawn shop. If you ever go and pawn something at the pawn shop, they, you sell it to them and they give you a little ticket. You know, it's a redemption ticket. It's got the number of whatever you sold and you've got a certain amount of time you can go buy it back. Now you're going to buy it back more than what they you know, bought it from you. But you, you buy it back and so you take the redemption ticket. What you're doing is when you buy something back from the pawn shop, you're redeeming that. You're buying it back. Well, we sell ourselves into sin. We sell ourselves into a situation that we can't get ourselves out of. And Jesus came through his blood, through the sacrifice of his life, paid the price for me. And so when I take advantage of that by turning my life around and obeying him, repenting and being baptized, then I am purchased by the blood of Jesus. That's why it says we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our transgressions. When people said, many brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. He was talking about redemption. He was talking about being bought back by the blood of Jesus. And that's what these people in Antioch had done. They were turning to the Lord. They were disciples. They're learners and now followers of Jesus. And those disciples were called Christians in Antioch. People who belong to Christ. That's all he's talking about. A lot of people today claim to belong to Christ. And a lot of different ways that they claim that you come to belong to Christ. But this book has been recorded by God and preserved by God so that we can know what a Christian is and how to become one. This is the word of God. This is the means by which we can truly be a Christian. You know, you take a fellow who may be new on the scene of religion. And he finally come to realize that, you know, I want to, I want to do what God wants me to do. I, I want to be out of sin. I want to, I want to turn to the Lord. I want to be a, a learner and a follower of the Lord. I want to have my sins forgiven. I want to be redeemed. But he doesn't know how to do that. 
And so he, he looks through the world and he wants to find the answer. I'm going to tell you, we live in a world of religious confusion. And a fellow who's new on the religious scene wanting to know what to do to be a Christian and what is a Christian is going to have a hard time by going around to all the different denominations of the world to find out how to be one because they all teach something different. The idea of many of what is a Christian is completely different from one another and how you become a Christian is completely different from one place to the next. In fact, you can go just down through the county here. You can go down this road to different church buildings and go in and talk to people of different denominations, different faiths, as to what to do to be a Christian and what a Christian is, and you'll get a different answer every place you go. We want anybody who visits here, and we need to project this in our lives to everybody around us, that what we want to be is simply what we find in the Bible. We want to just be Christians, people that belong to Christ, people who have turned from sin to the Lord, people who have become learners and followers of Jesus by simply doing what they did in the first century. You know, you take a fellow and he really wants to know what a Christian is. And say he goes down the road and he's looking for a Christian. Now, he, that's all he wants to be. He's read enough of the Bible to understand that there are no mentioning of denominations or anybody calling themselves by denominational names in the Bible. I mean, in Acts chapter 2, when you read that first time the gospel was ever preached, and people, it says, received his words and were being baptized, 3,000 souls, what denomination did they belong to? Well, there wasn't a denomination, right? What does the word mean? Denomination, we've talked about it before. You go to the bank, you got a big bill, and you say, break this up for them, and they say, what denominations? They want you to know how you want to split something up. The Lord's church was never meant to be split up, was it? When I read the prayer of Jesus just before he died in John the 17th chapter, he prayed that we all be one even as he and the Father are one. I don't, that doesn't give the idea of denominationalism, does it to you? I mean, it doesn't give the idea of, of being broken up into different parts. When I read Ephesians chapter 4 and it talks about there being one faith and one Lord, one body, I, I, I don't think that the Lord had in mind that he wanted us all to be split up in different names and different practices. and He just wanted us to be disciples. He wanted us to be people that belong to Christ. He wanted us to be Christians like we read about in the New Testament. But you take this fellow who's new on the religious scene and he goes and he's looking for somebody who's just a Christian so he can know what he can do to be just a Christian. And he comes up to this one fellow, and he says, excuse me, sir. Uh, he said, yeah, I, what do I do for you? He said, well, he said, I'm, he can't explain the situation. He, he said, uh, what, what are you religiously? And he said, well, I'm Episcopalian. He said, well, th well thank you, but I'm looking for a, a Christian. He said, no, wait a minute. Wait a minute, I'm a Christian. He said, I'm Episcopalian Christian. Well, I want to tell you, something besides the word of God is made in that in He's looking for just a Christian. He, he just goes down through, maybe he goes to the Methodist, or maybe he goes to the Baptist, or maybe he goes you know, to this one, that one. And if you're a member of any of these that I mentioned, I'm not trying to pick out one. I'm just saying what the Bible teaches that 
that people who turn to the Lord and are disciples of the Lord, they're just Christians. How can you know what the truth is? Well, I think there's a principle that will help us, and it's found from in Genesis chapter 1, from the very beginning, is that seed produces after its own kind. If you can understand that principle, then you can understand how to become a Christian. Now, you think about just the principle. You know, the Lord created all things, all the plants, all the trees, and they produce by their seed after their own kind. And it's still that way today. If you plant a bean, it's getting planting time, isn't it? I mean, it's getting I wanted so bad to go and plant something the other day, but you know, I knew all these winters are coming here. You got, uh, I guess it's dogwood. We'll have blackberry winter yet. It's going to get cold yet. So, like my granddad said, you know, you get everything planted by the 10th of May, you're all right. You know. It'll finally get warm. But if you plant a bean, you know what you're going to get? You're going to get a bean. Things bear fruit after its kind. You don't plant a bean and get corn. Now that's simple. But that's just what God made. It's not simple how it happens. I think scientists can tell you what happens, but I can't tell you how it happens. We know that the germ is in the seed and the seed completely dies before it sprouts forth. They tell you what happens, but they can't tell you how it happens. That's only in the mind of God, by his power. That's what he set forth from the beginning. But I guarantee you, you plant a bean, it may be a blue lake bush bean, and you know what you're going to get? is a blue lake bush bean plant. Every time. Every time. It's a consistent that way. It's not that you'll do that 15 times, and maybe on the 16th time, you get maybe get corn. No, it's, it's a bean every time. It's the way it is with a pea. You plant a pea, you'll get a pea. You plant corn, you get corn. You plant a watermelon seed, you're not going to get a cantaloupe. You'll get a watermelon. And it's that way every time. You say, well, what does that have to do with being a Christian? Well, when the Lord talked about accepting his word and becoming what he wants you to be and bearing fruit for him, He used the parable of the sower. And in that parable of Luke chapter 8, he said, when he explained it, he said, the seed is the word of God. And the same principle that applies to a bean or a pea or a grain of corn applies to this book right here. The Lord said that the seed is the word of God. And you know what? It produces The same thing every time. When you plant the word of God in a good and honest heart, it will produce a Christian every time consistently. And it will produce just a Christian. It won't produce some hybrid. You'll just get a Christian. When you plant a bean in the ground, what comes up is not a bean watermelon. Or when you plant a grain of corn, you don't get a corn cucumber. It's just not that way. You see, when you plant a bean, consistently it produces a bean. When you take the word of God, and Jesus says the seed is the word of God. 
And you plant that in a good and honest heart, what you get is a Christian and only a Christian consistently every time. He said in Luke 8 verse 15, in the seed is... Uh, in the good soil, these are the ones who have heard the word in a good and honest heart and hold fast and bear fruit with perseverance. That's what Barnabas went up there to see at Antioch. It was people who were hearing the word of God. They had a good and honest heart. Not everybody did. Not everybody has a good and honest heart. There were more than 3,000 people on the day of Pentecost who heard the gospel. Some of them said, many brethren, what shall we do? Peter said in verse 38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And this promise is for you and your children, all those who are far off, as many as the Lord God shall call. And then he went on, verse 40, with many other words, saying, Save yourselves from this perverse generation. And then finally it says, Those who received his word, verse 41, were baptized, about 3,000 souls. 3,000 people had a good and honest heart and they accepted the word of God. They became a disciple, a learner, and a follower by repenting and being baptized. They were redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ, being buried into his death through baptism. And it says in verse 47 that the Lord was adding to the church daily those who were being saved. He's talking about Christians. And you don't read about them being any other thing. Back the time you get to chapter 11, it says they were called Christians first there at Antioch. They were just people that belonged to the Lord. So when a fellow comes along and he, he's looking for what he wants to be, he, he wants to just be a Christian. And he asks this fellow, and he says, well, I'm an Episcopalian, or if he comes up to a, a lady and he says, ma'am, what are you religious? And she said, well, I'm, I'm Methodist. He said, well, I'm looking, for, I'm looking for a Christian. She said, oh, no, I am a Christian. I'm a Methodist Christian. You see, something besides the word of God made her a Methodist. You come to another fellow and you say, you know, I, I'm looking for just a Christian. I want to be a child of God. What, what are you religiously? And they said, well, I'm, a, I'm Catholic. He said, well, I, 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 thank you, but I'm looking for just a Christian. They said, well, I'm a Catholic Christian. I'm a Christian, I'm just Catholic. Well, something besides the word of God's made you that. Because, see, the seed is the word of God, and seed always produces after its kind consistently, and there's no hybrids. <coughs> what is it that makes somebody a denominational Christian? You might say a hyphenated Christian. And most times when people ask you, I've had so many times people come up to me and they, they'll say, Especially here, you're a preacher. They say, "Well, what are you?" <laughs> what they mean is, what denomination do you belong to? And I say, "Well, I'm not a member of a denomination. I'm just a Christian." Well, I know you're a Christian, but what are you? <laughs> and they want you to say, "Well, you're either Methodist or Baptist or Presbyterian or Episcopalian or Catholic or Anglican. What? What are you?" And it almost disturbs them when you say, I'm just a Christian. But that's what I read about in the New Testament. And there has to be something else along with the Word of God to make you something other than just a Christian. What is it? What is it that makes all these different denominations and all the different practices and all the different teachings? Well, 
What it is, is somebody has to take the Bible along with the creeds of men to be a member of the different denominations. It takes something besides the word of God because the seed, Jesus said, is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. You take the seed and you plant it and it's going to produce after its kind. Every time that Paul preached the gospel of Jesus Christ, and it was accepted by a good and honest person. You know what they became? They became a Christian and only a Christian every time. Same way with Philip when he went up to Samaria and he preached the gospel of Jesus Christ and they were being saved both men and women alike. The Bible said, what would they become? You don't read about any denomination. They were just, the seed was the word of God. The word of God was preached, accepted in a good and honest heart. They became Christians and Christians only. So if a person is going to be an Anglican or a Presbyterian or a Lutheran or a Roman Catholic or a Baptist or whatever, it takes something besides the Word of God to become that. So you can go up on a mountain. You take a guy who never had heard anything, but he wants to know what to do. He can take the Word of God. He can go up on a mountain by himself, read it, and he can come back knowing what to do to become a Christian. The seed's the word of God. But he can't come down off the mountain and know what to do to be a Catholic. Because Catholic doctrine is not found in the Bible. See, it takes something besides, uh, if he went up on the mountain and he took the Catholic catechism, he can go up on the mountain and come down knowing what to do to be a Catholic. But he can't come down just knowing what just to do to be a Christian. If he takes the Bible and the catechism, then he can be a Catholic Christian. But he can't take the catechism and the Bible and go up on the mountain and come down knowing what to do to, to be a Methodist. Because, see, Methodism is not taught in the Bible, nor is it taught in the Catholic catechism. If I'm going to be a Methodist, then I need a copy of the Methodist Discipline. I take the Methodist Discipline and the Bible and I become a Methodist. But I can't take the Methodist Discipline and the Bible and be a Baptist because Baptist doctrine is not taught in the Bible and Baptist doctrine is not taught in the Methodist Book of Discipline. But I take the Hiscox Baptist Manual and the Creed's and the confessions of the Baptist church and the Bible, and I know what to do to be a Baptist. But I can't come down knowing what to do to be Episcopal because Episcopalian doctrine is not in the Baptist manual and it's not in the Bible. But I can take the common book of prayer, which is the creed book of the Episcopalians, and I can become Episcopalian. With it in the Bible. But you know, I can't take the common book of prayer in the Bible and become a Nazarene because that doctor's not taught in any one of these two books, but I can take the Church of the Nazarene Man and I can take their beliefs and creeds and I can put that together with the Bible and I can become a Nazarene. I think you see what I'm saying. What is it that makes all the different denominations? It's the Word of God plus something else because when now let's take the Word of God, what's the Word of God 
do. It produces a Christian. The seed is the Word of God. You plant that in the good and honest heart, in it alone, and you obey it, and you'll become a Christian, just a Christian, just somebody that belongs to Jesus. Without any other name, following any other doctrine. But to become anything else, I've got to take the creeds of men. But I tell you, the answer is to take all the creeds of men and put them aside. If I want to just be a Christian, you see, if I want to just be a Christian, I take the Word of God and the Word of God planted in a good and honest heart will produce a Christian and only a Christian every time. And I don't know about you, but that's what I want to be. I want to just be a child of God. Fact of the matter is, I believe that's what we've got to be. To be what Jesus prayed for when he says that we be one even as he and the Father are one. You see, I'm not a Baptist Christian or a Methodist Christian or Episcopalian Christian or I don't want to be a hyphenated anything when it comes to religion. I just want to be a Christian. The only way to do that is to turn to the Lord. That's what they did. Turn to the Lord. We said that means repentance. And that's what Peter said. When Peter said, people said, what shall we do? He said, repent and be baptized. If you're here this morning and you want to be right with the Lord, you just want to belong to him, you want to be redeemed, by his blood, you won't be bought back. You realize that you've sinned and all of us sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23 tells us that. Everybody. And you want to be forgiven of that sin. There's nothing that you can do on your own to have that forgiveness. But Jesus came and he died for you so that he can pay the price for you and you can be redeemed by his blood. You say, well, how do you reach that blood? Well, Jesus shed his blood and his death. You got to come in contact with his death. And that's the whole thing about baptism. It's not arbitrary. Peter said, he that believes is baptized. Repent and be baptized. Jesus said, he that believes is baptized should be saved. Mark 16, 16. Why baptism? Well, it puts you in contact with his death. You're buried into Christ, buried into his death. That's where you reach his blood. That's where you're redeemed. Turning to the Lord is repenting and being baptized. And if you're here this morning and want to be just a Christian, you can be. By doing just what they did. You know, you look at every example in the New Testament, and there's, there's nine. Nine examples in the New Testament of people turning to the Lord and being redeemed. Starts with Acts 2, as we looked at. And you come all the way through Acts 19, and look at every one of those situations, people were converted and they simply became Christians. Nowhere in the New Testament do you read about any kind of hyphenated Christian. They just were people that belonged to Christ. And there were people in every case who repented and were baptized. Every one of them. So, somebody new on the religious scene, they may go to all these different places and ask. I heard Joel Osteen on TV this morning with his optimistic message. And he concluded by saying, we never want to end our broadcast without inviting people to to accept Jesus. And he said, you just need to pray this prayer. Lord, I, I turn to you 
Now there's that turning, right? How do you turn? He said, just pray this prayer. Jesus, come into my heart. You know, when I read those nine examples, not one time when people ask what to do to be saved, did anybody tell them what Joel Osteen said and say, just pray, God, come into my heart. The gospel plan is simple, but it's not that simple. Jesus said, he that believes and is baptized be saved. Peter said, repent and be baptized, everyone in the name of Jesus Christ. Every example without any other way for people repenting and being baptized. You can do that this morning. And nobody will add you to a denomination. You don't have to wear any denominational name, but you can be a Christian and only a Christian just like they were knowing that you're redeemed by the blood of Jesus. There are garments prepared here. There's water here that you can be baptized in the Jesus right now. If you'll come while we stand and sing the song.